Back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chouse, welcoming you back to another episode. Week three is underway. The apocalypse of week two is over. We can now look at our fantasy clubs, look at the rosters on these NFL teams, and see what's left from all the carnage because week two was something that we had never seen. Uh, seeing top end players dropping like flies. Two injuries, two massive injuries. I mean, that is a big problem for a lot of these clubs. San Francisco 49ers are one of them for sure. They have issues all over the roster, the New York Jets as well. I mean, the list goes on and on as we go through the injury reports. And I mean, for fantasy football, I mean, I was scrambling in some leagues. I know a lot of uh, a lot of you were as well. I mean, Saquon Barkley is no longer uh, uh, active. He is on the IR for the rest of the season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's lost for two to two to six weeks i believe i mean raheem mostert jimmy garoppolo i mean again the list goes on and on so i mean it was a it was a devastating week for injuries hopefully we don't see the same thing happen in week three i mean but this is to be expected i mean we we didn't really have a full real off season of training of camp uh for for these guys to get into to full-blown game shape i mean they're in they're in top end physical shape no question but it's the game shape that happens and then of course you get the freak injuries that are gonna transpire as well so i mean all of it adds up to a very bad week too but nevertheless week three is underway we had the thursday night football we had the miami dolphins facing and traveling to jacksonville to face the the jacksonville jaguars this game wasn't great for on-paper viewing to believe that it was going to be a high-octane affair, but it, it, it wasn't bad. I didn't, I didn't mind this game after, after watching it. Um, it, it. It did provide a lot of entertainment. We did get to see and, and make evaluation based on what these teams really are. The Jacksonville Jaguars are my nemesis at the moment when it comes to the point spread simply because I have bet on them three times uh, uh, to, uh, I believe it was, to not cover the spread and and then I bet on them to cover the sp- spread uh, on Thursday night, and they they failed me once again. So I mean, they have become a very difficult team to predict. And I mean, when it comes to the Jaguars, I'm currently 0-3, so I mean, that one hurts. But I mean, from the positive perspective, last week's point spread picks went 13-3, I believe, uh, for an 81% uh, success rate. Got a lot of funds in the bank account, so big one for us on week two point spread picks. Uh, the point uh, Week three uh, point spread picks are on the website. Check those out as well. But let's dive into Thursday Night Football's contest. The Miami Dolphins won 31-13, and I mean, here we we go the Dolphins on the scoreboard looked like they dominated this contest which they did but it wasn't based in yardage that was the interesting aspect I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick was very efficient he went 18 for 20 160 and two touchdowns didn't throw an interception I mean he ran the ball as well he, he looked good he looked sharp I mean uh, you can't say anything bad about what Ryan Fitzpatrick put on the field um, he, he but they were efficient I think that was the biggest uh, taking point for me is that Miami really altered their game plan after losing to the Buffalo Bills uh, in week two and, and they changed it all up. I mean, they they capitalized on every opportunity on great field position, and then they made the the points count when they were there. Uh, they didn't stumble, and they made the Jaguars pay when they were uh, uh, in the red zone especially and when they had the opportunities. I mean, it was there. The interesting aspect I did see from Miami was Miles Gaskin. Is he a thing now? I mean, can this really be certain that the, the Dolphins are going with Miles Gaskin as their number one running back when you have Jordan Howard in the backfield? I still can't get over this. I mean, it's a very difficult thing for me to to comprehend. Um, I was I was all over. I mean, you even have Matt Breida, and you're playing Miles Gaskin. I still am very confused um, with the approach and why it's happening. But clearly, he's doing he's doing well enough. He carried the ball 22 times for 66 yards. So I mean, it wasn't a great average, um, but I mean, he got the volume. I mean, and then he was also used in the pass game five for 29. So he's getting the touches. That's a lot of work for Miles Gaskin. And then Breida three. 
three touches and Howard three touches. So, I mean, you can see the dynamic in this run game, um, and it's it's very interesting, especially for fantasy football. If you got uh, Gaskin on your, on your bench because you picked him up on the waiver wire, kudos to you. It looks like he is going to have a role, a very strong role on this Miami team. I mean, Devontae Parker had a decent game. He uh, he almost found the end zone, and then you had Mike Gusecki and you had Preston Williams. Those two were the end zone targets that scored. And, I mean, Gusecki only had one reception for 15 yards. Was supposed to be a blow-up day. Didn't really happen. But, again, that's what I'm saying. Fitzpatrick only threw for 160, so it wasn't as though the yardage was there in bunches. It was just the efficiency in which Miami moved the ball and played defense against those Jaguars. And speaking of them, Mustache Minshew, he had a day that was uh, going to be forgotten. That's for sure. A regrettable day, a regrettable performance. He did not look sharp. He was all over the map. He threw the ball 42 times, threw an interception, uh, almost creeped up on the 300-yard mark, no touchdown passes. This was a problem. I mean, the, the Dolphins were getting pressure in bunches. They could not stop this defensive front. Every every time Minshew seemed to be dropping back in the pocket, there was pressure coming his way, and and that's a problem. I mean, I we, we saw the games that they played against the Colts. Um, they took the Titans to the wire, and, and it was just a completely different club, and this is what became so uh, confusing when you were watching this game is how could you have such a tale of two different teams, two different types of competing? It, it was uh, it was mind blowing, mind blowing. The big positive to come out of this game is this young undrafted rookie free agent James Robinson. He is now taking the fantasy football world by storm. He looked fantastic. I had to go back when uh, the Jaguars they uh, released Leonard Fournette. I went back and looked at some of his tape and and he. He was he looked good. I mean, there was nothing over the top that would make you believe he could be a top flight NFL running back. I mean, but he he has a lot of traits that I did like and I did approve of. But I mean, he's he's showing to be even better in the NFL than he was in college, which is uh, surprising. And it doesn't usually happen, but it's happening with him. Robinson's ground game wasn't uh, overly impressive. He was 11 for 46, 4.2 yards was good, but it was the pass game, six catches for 83 yards, and he did rush for those two touchdowns uh, which lifted his score in some leagues to over 30 points uh, in fantasy football so I mean this kid is becoming something to talk about if you have him and you snagged him off the waiver I mean you know he's getting volume I mean it's it's proven the last three weeks uh, it, it's shown that that coach Marone is is gonna use him he's gonna utilize his running back fresh legs I mean not much body punishment and he can literally do everything he has the power he's got I haven't seen the top end speed yet so I, I i wonder if he has that in the nfl if he will be caught um but he's got enough power to go through the middle he can get to the edge he can catch the ball i mean this is all you're all you're looking for he can also block in pass pro that was a huge marker for coach marone um to let go of leonard fournette so i mean they scored in this running back big so far and if you got him i mean you should be smiling ear to ear dj chark was the biggest miss in this game he, he didn't play he was uh on the shelf due to an injury and i mean and that's where Robinson cleaned up. He he basically became the checkdown for Minshew. That was basically all the Dolphins were willing to give up. I mean, their secondary played well. Uh, I mean, granted, they have paid that secondary a lot with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I mean, I love Howard. I think Howard is one of the better uh, defensive backs in the entire NFL, and he's been underrated uh, his entire career. Uh, if he played on a team that had a high media presence, I think that you would be talking a lot more about uh, Howard, and, and he showed it. I mean, with Byron Jones, Jones, they were locking down the competition. Uh, obviously, again, no DJ Chark. So, I mean, it, it seemed like an easier day for them, and that's why Robinson took so many checkdowns in that contest. But, I mean, that game that's the game. I mean, it was 31-13. to The Dolphins uh, save their season. They don't go 0-3. And, and, I mean, uh, that's a big one for them. The Jaguars, I believe, now are 2-1, 1-1, 1-2. and uh, excuse me, Dolphins one and two, Jaguars are one and two. So I mean, they're both uh, still alive. I mean, the season just began; it's only three weeks in, and and they're still fighting for their lives. And and they both uh, still have a chance, a fighting chance. Uh, we know Jacksonville doesn't have the the horses, but Miami is trying to um, be much better than what they were last season. I think that is the major goal. But anyway, let's move to Sunday. We have a full slate of contests on Sunday and Monday, so let's jump into it. First one on my board, I have the Chicago Bears traveling to Atlanta to face the Falcons. 
Falcons. This is a big one for Atlanta. I mean, I said it last week as well when they went up to the uh, to or the Dallas Cowboys came to play in Atlanta. I mean, this was a big or the, did they go to Dallas? I can't remember now, but um, uh, this is a big one. This is a big contest for the Atlanta Falcons. This is your season. If you go zero and three and lose to the Chicago Bears, I don't see how Coach Quinn keeps his job. I really don't. I mean, he has been flirting with disaster for how many years now? Um, underachieving since he went to the Super Bowl. Just you can't just get by. You lose to the Cowboys the way you did. Um, it, it's just bad news all around for this Falcons team. Word has it, uh, news broke that Julio Jones may not suit up in this contest due to a hamstring injury. So that's a big loss for the Atlanta Falcons. But they got the horses to to keep this thing going. Russell Gage is an improving prospect, improving player who has looked very sharp playing in the slot. You have Calvin Ridley who is seemingly breaking out this season. I mean, he's just done wonders in the first two games and Matt Ryan has been steady I mean you can't say anything bad about his game but it has been the play of the defense I mean, this has been the biggest problem for the Atlanta Falcons. Even if though they're putting up nearly 40 points, they're giving up more, uh, uh, which is costing them games. Um, so this has always been the problem, and this is something that I couldn't understand because the pedigree of Coach Quinn is that defense. You came from Seattle as a defensive coordinator, and you were supposed to revamp the entire system when it came to the defensive side, and you haven't done that. Even when you went to the Super Bowl, your defense wasn't necessarily stout by any means, and you, you your team was basically carried on offensive on the offensive side so this one is massive as for the bears i don't really necessarily see them as a heavy competitor this week i feel as though they are pretenders yes they are 2-0 but i mean the competition was a little bit weaker detroit they beat they came back to beat detroit i mean that was something of a surprise but then you go and you beat the giants last week in a in a dog fight of sorts and i mean um yeah what do we say about the giants the giants are are, are gonna be a bottom feeder in the nfl this season so when you're coming to atlanta you're gonna face a a team like this the defense is gonna have to be sharp and i mean this is a game mitchell trubisky could show himself of what he actually is truly is if he's gonna keep progressing in the right direction or if he's gonna go back to the way that we have seen him play um, this is this is a very, very interesting contest for me. I will be watching very closely uh, simply because I just want to see how Atlanta is going to fare. I mean, this defense is better uh, than a lot of the, the ones they face so far. Um, but but Chicago, they have holes. They do have holes and they can be exposed. And I fully expect Atlanta to take uh, uh, take them apart and hopefully they can hold on this time. If the defense can't uh, can't surrender, uh, if they can surrender, excuse me, maybe what, 20 points? I think this is a victory. Um, for the Falcons because they can easily put up 30 points on any given Sunday. No question about it. Next contest I have is the LA Rams taking travel to Buffalo to face the Bills. Okay, Bills Mafia, this is this is the thing. Here we go. I'm going to talk about this game not as a fan, as always. It's analyst speak as always. Buffalo, this is a big, big game. I'm saying it, it looks like I'm saying it about all of them, but this is a big one for Buffalo. Why is it big? Now you get to show the league if you are for real. You beat the New York Jets week one. You beat the Dolphins week two. Okay, this is the teams. These are the teams you should be beating now. Okay, you have built a roster that you should be able to just dispose of the lesser teams. That Those games shouldn't even be a fight anymore. Now you go up against a team of this caliber with the Rams, with the defense they have, Aaron Donald and company on that defense, Jalen Ramsey. Then you go to the offensive side. You got Woods, Cup. Now you got Higby coming on. And then you got this run game that's that's looking uh, very uh, interesting. I mean, you have Henderson and you got uh, Brown. They're going to be the ones because Akers, rookie Cam Akers, he is going to miss this contest due to that rib injury. But I really want to see, I mean, Josh Allen has progressed in the, in the way that we fully expected him to. I mean, we have said this since he got into Buffalo, since he was drafted by the Bills. I, we knew he was a raw talent. I mean, he had to have some work done. We needed to see the snaps. He needed to have the game plans. Uh, he needed to learn the playbook. He needed to progress as a football player. This was Allen. He was a project quarterback of sorts. I mean, accuracy was always the concern. But what he, what he could do very well is throw the deep ball like no other. So these are the traits that Brandon Bean and Coach McDermott went for when they drafted him. Here's the test. Now you have 
Stefan Diggs, you have John Brown, no Zach Moss in this game. So Devin Singletary is going to be my guy for fantasy football. Load him up. I'm playing him. John Brown, I'm playing him. Stefan Diggs, I think I listed him as a sit candidate only because he's going up against Jalen Ramsey. And I mean, it's it's more buyer beware than it is a, a must sit. So if you have to play uh, Stefan Diggs, I mean, I, I don't hate it, but it's a very it's a cautionary tale. Um, nevertheless, I mean, this Bills club, they're playing at home. That's a big one. I think this is going to make it, uh, make it, make them the comfortable confines of being at home will give them that extra confidence, even without the fans. I think that's a big boost for them. For the Rams' sake, this is Robert Woods' revenge game, and he's coming back to Buffalo, the team that drafted him. I think he's going to try to put up a big, big game. Trey White, I, 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 I fully expect Trey White to be on uh, on Robert Woods, so that's going to be a dogfight all day long. Where Buffalo lacks the most on defense is covering that tight end. They still haven't figured that out. I mean, they have uh, Traymond Edmonds, they have Matt Milano, but they're, I don't want to say, Edmonds could, he can still cover. I mean, he's, he's pretty good in zone, but if you're going up against a guy like Higby, I mean, you need a very powerful, fast athletic uh, linebacker, and that's something Buffalo just doesn't currently have on this roster. I fully expect the Rams to utilize Higby a lot in this contest, try to work the ground game to set up that play action, and then subsequently Buffalo. I could see them throwing again. I mean, they haven't shown any dedication to the run. I fully expect the screen game to be in full effect for Devin Singletary and John Brown. And then who knows, man, Cole Beasley could have a big day as well. I'm very much looking forward to this contest, not only as a fan, but an analyst, because we have this. This is going to tell a big, big tale of what the Buffalo Bills are because the Rams look like they are are ascending as well and and moving in the right direction. Next game is the Washington football team going up against the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland, I mean, you guys came back last week on Thursday night. You beat the Bengals. Okay, the Bengals are, are a club that is trying to be competitive. They had Joe Burrow. You did beat them by five, 30 to, 35 to 30, I believe. This game is interesting because I'm a big Kevin Stefanski guy, like I've mentioned before. But I, I really want to see the dedication to the ground game continue. If that happens, then you're going to be able to slow up this pass rush. I mean, you got to lean on Nick Chubb. you got to lean on Kareem Hunt. Don't force Baker Mayfield to continue to throw this ball out of his comfort zone. When you build the confidence for Baker Mayfield with the ground game, I think this is going to be very good for this offense. Defensively for the Browns, I really wonder if they can keep up with top-end teams, but I mean this offense in Washington is nothing really um, to get overly excited about at this point. I mean Dwayne Haskins is one of those quarterbacks who is also learning, and he's trying to progress. Terry McLaurin stud. He's proven it. I mean, he's he's doing it with lesser talent. He's beating top-end coverage, and I mean, he's putting up big numbers. Um, Steven Sims, I really want to see him take the next leap in this contest. He should be a good start because Cleveland has given up a lot of play to the slot receiver. We could see Sims have a very big day. Wink, wink. Fantasy football starts it. I mean, that is a big, big uh, moneymaker potentially this week. Um, when it comes to the Browns, I mean, I, I'd be comfortable enough to start Odell this week. I think there's enough firepower and understanding that if the play action begins to work, I mean, you saw it last week. Odell ran free off that rollout um, to the left for Baker Mayfield, and, and he hit him pinpoint. So if, if this is going to be your game plan in the mantra, I think it'll work very well. The offensive line is going to have a big test against this Washington front seven, but they are very strong. They brought in Conklin for this reason. This is why you brought in Austin Hooper as well. I mean, you wanted to bolster this offensive line to give Baker more protection, and this is exactly what they're going to do. I, I think Cleveland definitely wins this game. I, I can't remember what I said on the spread, but I mean, I think that uh, that Cleveland will come out on top at home as the, the Washington football team is, is going to try to keep up. Um, they're going to definitely need turnovers to make that happen, but I think uh, uh, even as good as this front seven is, I think that Nick Chubb, again, has a very sound day. Kareem Hunt uh, goes with the PPR and, and, and Landry. I mean, if he can get back to health and, and get some uh, targets, he should have a very good day against his defense also. So, I like this next game simply because of fantasy football purposes, and it is the Tennessee Titans going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota, what did what did everyone expect? Maybe I oversold them a little bit because you know you did lose a lot, but I did I did say it properly only because 
um, their defense was going to be that bad. They lost way too much in the open market. I mean, you're paying Kirk Cousins a boatload of money, and you 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 just couldn't resign everybody on your roster on the defensive side of the ball. You basically lost your entire secondary, completely devastated there. You lost on the on the defensive line. I mean, you still have Ngakwe. He's basically your only uh, rusher at this point. With Hunter still on the IR, he this is his last week. He should be able to come back in week four, which will give the defense a big uh, lift. You lost Anthony Barr for this season to a pec injury i mean this is just this is not the same defense from even last year to two years ago that carried this team into the postseason so on top of that now you have Kirk cousins having to play from behind this wasn't the staple of the vikings game they would be playing with a lead so now when you're playing from behind that takes out your run game it takes out dalvin cook and we know this offense was also predicated upon the run because that's kevin stefanski's old uh, offensive system and gary kubiak i believe still runs that system they're very similar. It's it's almost the exact same mentality. So now when you remove Dalvin Cook out of the equation to create that play-action pass, when you're playing from behind, Kirk Cousins has shown that he cannot do that. He can't support it, especially when you have uh, uh, you lost Diggs and now you're trying to lean on Jefferson, the rookie, and he's just not up to par just yet. I mean, it's, it's only two weeks in. He's going to be a good talent, no question about it, but, I mean, he's still getting accustomed to the pro game. So what did you really expect? All teams got to do right now is lock down Adam Thielen, and and you're basically gravy. We saw it last week. The Colts were able to uh, uh, masterfully plan that out, and and the Vikings couldn't do much at all. Um, so when it comes to Tennessee, what 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 negative can we really say uh, at this point about Tennessee? Um, Ryan Tannehill has been supremely efficient, hasn't had a turnover yet, six touchdowns, no picks. I don't believe he has any fumbles. I mean, he's he's doing what he needs to do. He he's he's putting his team in the best possible situation to win the game, leaning on Derrick Henry, and that offensive line is still very good, even with the loss of Conklin. I was I was surprised. I thought the line would have took a, a greater hit than what it did, and it hasn't. I mean, we've seen Tannehill sit back there. Uh, he's basically having a cup of coffee, and he's able to dissect the defense. He's been playing very well. Um, I would like to see again, but this is this is Derrick Henry. We we've seen this in the past. I mean, it seemingly takes him a couple games to get going, and then once he does, it's very hard to stop that engine from running. Um, he hasn't been over-the-top impressive at this point, but he's done more than enough to keep this game going. I mean, 56 carries for 200 yards. Okay, I mean, you can't hate it. It hasn't been terrible, but we haven't necessarily taken notice. I mean, that 3.57 yards per carry is not great. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? But I mean, it's Derrick Henry. He is one of the better backs in the entire league, and he's going to get going. I mean, he typically gets going around the week seven to eight mark, and he takes this team to the next level in the second half of the season. I mean, opposing defenses now are more uh, banged up and bruised up, and they don't want to take the punishment that this big back is going to give. So I expect that. I, I, I expect him to come maybe around week six. I think week six is when we start to see him take flight and have those big games, have the multi-touchdown games. I think that's where we start to see it as well. Um, but no A.J. Brown. He is, again, out with that knee, bone bruise on his knee. Um, hopefully he's back for week four. He is hurting a lot. Lot of people in fantasy football but I mean Ryan Tannehill for me is a must start in this contest I think uh, the Vikings defense is that bad that he will have another big day we could see at minimum three touchdowns and 300 yards uh, uh, be the be the floor I mean it, it's legitimately that bad in Minnesota um, as for the Vikings I mean it's very difficult to start any of them hopefully um, when it comes to fantasy you're, you're, you're playing for garbage time I mean that's that's what you're looking for with the Vikings uh, feeling hopefully we'll hook up more PPR than he ever has. Um, this game could get out of hand very quick and very early. Kirk Cousins, I am not touching with a 10-foot pole. Moving right along, the Las Vegas Raiders taking travel to New England to face the Cam Newton and the Patriots. So both these clubs come off a week two contest uh, uh, that was very strong. I mean, even though the Patriots lost their game to the, the Hawks, 
on Sunday night. I mean, it, they showed me something a heck of a lot uh, of positives. That's that's for damn sure. I mean, Cam Newton, I, I, I didn't question Cam's health. I, I really, truly believe that Cam was healthy, and he proved it. I mean, he proved it week one that his foot was fine. He was running all over the field and then going to get up against uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, they were, he was just playing fantastic football. He was throwing the ball everywhere. They adjusted in the second half, and he was finding Julian Edelman like it, they played together for years. It looked like the, the old Tom Brady connection there. I mean, uh, it was just fabulous what they were able to do. So when you're talking about Cam Newton now going up against a Raiders team that really played well against the New Orleans Saints, I mean, uh, really well. They they utilized the tight end. Darren Waller, in my opinion, has has increased his uh, uh, stance. In, in my opinion, he is now in the elite category. Um, barring health issues, if he stays on the field, I don't see why you cannot compare him. Um, it, it, for me now, it goes Travis Kelsey, it goes George Kittle, and now is Darren Waller. Um, I mean, and that's high regard. And, and But he showed me a hell of a lot. He took over that game uh, against the Saints on Monday Night Football in their new stadium, and he was making the uh, Jenkins look foolish. Um, granted, I, I, I've said this, I mean, Jenkins is, is up there in age. I mean, he, he he's doesn't isn't the same player he used to be, um, that's for certain. But, I mean, uh, for, for, for what Waller was able to do on this defense was, was something very special. Derek Carr looked very good. I mean, the game plan looked good. Uh, John Gruden definitely has his troops rolling in the right direction. They're all buying in to the system, it appears. And, I mean, you got Henry Ruggs running the deep ball, and he was pulling all the coverage. He is out this week, so that is is going to be a problem for the Raiders. Um, that part of their game is going to be removed. So I'm very interesting. I mean, Jacobs looked like he got banged up a little bit in that in that last game on week two. Um, so I mean, he he's uh, he's questionable, but I don't uh, I haven't seen any reports to suggest that he isn't going to play. Um, but but for him to watch another big beating or get another big beating from a defense, I think could take its toll on him. Um, and he, he, he might not, not see as many touches, so the, the game could be a lot uh, more relied upon on Derek Carr to make plays, and I don't necessarily like that. I mean, if the run game isn't established very well, I, I really don't know how I feel about Derek Carr taking and, and putting the team on your back. But for the Patriots, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. I think Cam Newton is a, is a good start this week. Um, if you're starting guys on Oakland or, excuse me, on Vegas, you're, you're, you're definitely playing Jacobs and you're playing Waller. There's no question about it. Um, I'm playing Cam. I'm playing Edelman. Um, I heard James White is, again, going to be absent from this game due to the family concerns he had. Uh, I believe his mother and his father were in a car accident. Uh, really, really bad, sad situation there. Prayers go out to him and his family. Um, but, I mean, what do you have in the run game? Sony Michelle, he looks like he's washed already. And, I mean, his knees just can't handle it. I think that's a massive problem. They're going to have to figure that out in the run game. Um, my or New England, excuse me, is favored by five and a half points. And I mean, I could see them covering. I really could. The way Cam was throwing the ball and they're playing at home, I think that this offense will get going and they will get going fast. Oakland, in my opinion, gets their first loss of the season in week three. Next one we have is the injured San Francisco 49ers taking travel to New York to face the Giants. What a better team could they have played having faced all these injuries? I mean, now you have no Garoppolo, you have no Mostert, you have no George Kittle, you lost Bosa for the season. Um, Nick Mullins, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and Jordan Reed are your top commodities. I like Jeff Wilson as a play this week um, for fantasy. I think he is a very underrated product. I think he's going to jump into that monster role. I think McKinnon, this is the thing, I think McKinnon is going to keep playing the same role that he has been playing. I think um, that won't change. I mean, he's going to be the scat back out of the backfield on the pass game. He's going to take the the carry here and there to be that change of pace. But I really think that Wilson is going to get a majority of the touches in this game. He's going to surprise some people. Um, uh, you have have to still have that ground power and and McKinnon uh, do we believe that he can take 20 t- 20 carries from the backfield maybe 
Maybe, but I mean, he hasn't proven it in a long time. Um, I think his uh, coach Shanahan is utilizing him perfectly at this point. He's using him uh, to exploit all the skill that he has rather than forcing him to do things that he isn't necessarily comfortable doing. This is where I think Jeff Wilson comes into play, and I think that he takes the role. We could see him uh, uh, punch some touchdowns in, I mean, on this Giants uh, weaker, weaker defense. They have tried, and they've played admirably, but I mean, even with a banged-up 49ers roster, I could see coaching being a massive uh, uh, deal-breaker here, and, and the Niners could win. It could be, it's going to be close. I mean, you don't have the, the, the power on the offense to push it uh, uh, against the Giants, even though they are weaker with Mullins. But I still think there's enough talent, and the coaching should get them by. When it comes to the Giants, I mean, can you trust Daniel Jones uh, to be that your guy? This was my concern. He constantly is giving the ball up. He's turning the ball over, and this is a big concern. Already three interceptions on the season. Um, I, I believe he's got a fumble or two on that resume as well now, and and, and this is kind of scary. I mean, this is exactly what I was afraid of. Um, he's 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 been sacked seven times. It's his awareness that that had me feared. Um, he has a lot of growth to do. You lost Sterling Shepard. Okay, I mean, I wasn't necessarily high on him. Barkley is no longer there, so now you have a patch-made solution at the running back spot. I mean, you're going to have Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, and then they signed uh, Devontae Freeman off the street uh, this past week, and he's going to have to need time to acclimate to the playbook. So, I mean, I don't expect a lot from him this week. So, I mean, Wayne Gallman is is likely your guy. I mean, sprinkle in some some Deion Lewis in the pass game and third down, and I mean, I think that's going to be your backfield this week for New York. Um, Darius Slayton is the guy, in my opinion. I think he is he is the next number one wide receiver on this Giants squad. I think he's got all the tools to be that guy. Evan Ingram, I am not playing. If you're listening to this and you have Evan Ingram, I can't do it. I just I can't do it. I've been saying it all along. I dropped him down my uh, my ranks in my in the fantasy playbook, uh, ADF playbook. I had to drop him. How can you trust this man? If he's not dropping passes, if he's uh, running wrong routes, he's in the medical room. I mean, he is at this point right now. I mean, things could definitely change. He's still young. I'm still leaving hope, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not promoting him whatsoever. I can't do it anymore. He just completely shows me that he is not able to play in this league at the level we expect. So, I mean, I can't do it. I'm still going the 49ers to win this contest, but it's going to be uh, ugly, ugly to say the least. Next game we have is the, the desperate Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Eagles and Bengals are 0-2 seasons, basically on the brink of complete failure and I mean, the Eagles needed a team like this. I mean, the Bengals, they're no slouch. I mean, they're improving. That we show, They showed what they could do against the Browns. And, and, and while, yes, the Browns are not necessarily the best defense in the NFL, we need to see the progression. This is what I keep on preaching, keep on talking about. If you're watching a club that is youthful and they're growing and they're changing and they're moving in the right direction, I mean, keep your eye on that as they go because this is how teams are made. Okay, the Eagles, I mean, injuries have been their biggest kryptonite forever, even going back to when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, injuries continue to be the biggest problem for this club under Doug uh, coach Doug Pedersen. I mean, you have to rectify this situation sometime because I don't know if it's your training staff. It's 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 something you guys are, are doing nutrition wise. I have no idea what the hell is going on in Philadelphia, but you guys need to fix that big time ASAP because you're losing players on the constant, excuse me, left, right, and center. So when you're talking about this game, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I mentioned this last show. I think he's got a lot of skill, a lot of talent. And, and I mean, this is a good test for him as well. Let's see how he can go up against a team of, of the next level. I mean, the Eagles are still at the next level. They got a lot of talent on this club. I mean, the Bengals' defense is not going to be able to keep up uh, outside the first quarter with this offense. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, you're not going to be able to keep up. Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson excuse me, should be able to uh, make things happen, get open and get deep and perhaps get 
get a touchdown. Um, but I see a big, big day from Miles Sanders. I see a rejuvenated day from Carson Wentz as well. The tight ends will be used uh, with massive amount of plays. And 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 when it comes to the Bengals, I mean, I want to see Joe play. I want to see him uh, see that confidence grow, and I think he will. I think he will compete. Garbage time is going to be heavy, heavy for the Bengals. Um, Joe Mixon, bounce back game, I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think he finds the end zone. I think they get him more work in the pass game, um, and, and, and fantasy owners of Mixon will, will uh, breathe a sigh of relief because, I mean, he just hasn't been used enough. I mean, this is the thing, but, but this is part of the process that you need to understand. They're trying to understand what they have in this offense before they can keep adding to Joe Burrow's plate, right? I mean, you have to make sure you simplify the schemes for him at this point so he can learn to read the defenses properly. But this week, every week, it should, if Zach Taylor is the guy that I think he is, um, a, a offensive genius mastermind that I think he could be, I think he, he'll start adding uh, more and more to Burrow's playbook on his plate to hopefully uh, move this offense and keep them going. I really want to see A.J. Green in this contest. I want to see him do a lot better uh, than what he has been doing. It's been very disappointing. Uh, last week, what did he have, 13 targets, and he only had three catches for 29 yards? I mean, that's just not going to cut it for this offense. You really need to utilize the playmakers you have. Make the plays happen. Tyler Boyd showed out. I think he he and if, if him and A.J. Green can actually continue to be uh, a, a powerful duo that we've seen in the past and they can do it with this rookie, I think that's when you open up Joe Mixon as well. And then you open up the play-action pass. You're almost going to have to set up the pass uh, uh, has to be successful to set up the run. I think that's how you become successful in Cincinnati this year. Um, so I'm, I'm okay starting Burrow this week. I think garbage time is going to be massive for them. I still think the Eagles roll. They win this game in a much-needed contest to stay alive in the NFC East. Another big one I have on my board is the Houston Texans taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, these poor bastards, they get another top flight team, top flight defense in Pittsburgh after facing the Chiefs and then the, the Ravens in the first two weeks. You got to feel sorry for Houston at this point. I mean, they just they there was no way that they were going to be able to compete with that level of competition, even though. I still believed in them. I still have faith in them. I'm not going to give it up just yet, only because um, their schedule coming up is extremely, extremely favorable. So if you look at what they have on their board after week three, and I mean Pittsburgh's defense is still susceptible in the pass game, so I, th I, I really do believe Deshaun Watson will start to find his receivers with more regularity. But then after this week, if for fantasy football purposes, week four, you got Minnesota, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, you got the bye, you got Jacksonville, you got Cleveland, you got New England, then you got Detroit. All very winnable games, all games that you can pad your stats for fantasy football. So if you can, before Sunday... Or even maybe, no, I'm even saying before Sunday, because if they do anything offensively, the price will rise on all these players. DJ, Brandon Cooks, and to a lesser extent, Will Fuller, I'm buying. I'm going out and I'm buying their services because this schedule is looking beautiful for fantasy football. Brandon Cooks, to me, strikes me as the safer wide receiver. Will Fuller, again, he finds himself uh, basically non-targeted last week because of his hamstring injury. He was played as a decoy. And, I mean, that hurts. When, you, when you're putting him in your lineup and he's a decoy and he doesn't get you any yards, I think that's a, that's a big, big problem. So, yeah, Brandon Cooks, uh, uh, David Johnson, I'm buying all day long. Deshaun Watson should be able to elevate his game this week, and, and then the Houston Texans could be on a roll. Don't be surprised if they start 0-3, and by that time they come back and they start winning games uh, week in, week out, and being the team that we thought they were. They definitely have to utilize their speed that they have um, in order to spread uh, the great pass rush of the Steelers with Dupree and TJ Watt. And I think that's going to, uh, if it doesn't happen in this game, I don't know what Bill O'Brien is doing. I really don't because that, that has to be your game plan. When it comes to the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is back. We've seen this. Uh, James Conner, I mean, he's a baller when he can be on the field. 
if, if, if health was never an issue for James Conner, he would be one of the best backs in the entire NFL. No question. No question about it. But then you got these receivers. You got Juju. You got Deontay now. He's coming up. He's looking so good. I mean, uh, just just so good. I mean, uh, you can't say anything negative about him whatsoever. The target share is coming to, to basically team-leading standards at this point, and I don't foresee that going away this week either. I think Juju is, is opening up a, a lot of room for Deontay to make plays, and it's the same effect like I was saying on the previous show. It was it was what Antonio Brown did for Juju. Now Juju is doing for Deontay. You're 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 pulling all the the heavier coverage to your side, and now you're leaving this guy one on one with with lesser coverage. And I think that's just a match made in heaven. And Pittsburgh understands how to exploit that on the on the regular. Then you got Chase Claypool, and you got James Washington. I'm I'm more of a fan of Claypool than I am of Washington personally, and I think Claypool has a big role as well. So I mean, if if you have Pittsburgh players, I mean, fire them up. I'm I'm good with uh, basically all those names that I said to a lesser extent, Claypool. But I think his touchdown upside is going to be there week in week out as we start moving forward. Um, next one I have is the Colts facing the Jets. Oh Christ, Jets fans, I feel for you. I mean, this is it. I mean, your season is basically over. Um, how can we say at this point that it's going to be anything successful? It's a complete dumpster fire. Um, you've, you've lost all your players to injury. You lost players to opt out. They traded Jamal Adams to Seattle. You got to feel for Sam Darnold. I mean, you really, truly do. I mean, this is what, this is what breaks a quarterback. I, I, I don't, I don't think Darnold is a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a lot of skill. I mean, but look at the teams that he's had to play with. I mean, there hasn't been a whole hell of a lot. You had a guy like Le'Veon Bell, and then your coach doesn't even utilize him properly. Um, how, how, how can you progress as, as a quarterback, as a young quarterback needing to learn in an environment like New York and you cannot give him the appropriate support? I mean, I blame ownership and the general manager on this one. They failed him big time. If they do end up being one of the top teams in the NFL draft, would we be surprised that they get Lawrence, uh, the, the quarterback, the top quarterback coming out of the draft? I could see it. I could definitely see it. And then they try to trade Darnold away, and, and hopefully Darnold goes to a situation where they can actually promote and educate his services to be the quarterback that we all believe he can be. Um, as for the Colts, the, uh, this, is what, this is a tune-up game. This is straight up a tune-up game. I can't say anything else outside of that. I expect, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I expect Jonathan Taylor to have a very big game. Very big. We haven't seen the breakout yet. We've seen steady, consistent running, touchdown scored already, but we haven't seen that full breakout game where Jonathan Taylor just takes over, and I think this could be it. I really do. I think that they lean on the ground. Um, they're going to go in, get the points, and then get out and go home. I think that's how the Colts are going to play this one, um, but I really would like to see Frank Reich, Coach Reich, to implement more passes to Hilton, get more comfortable with Phillip Rivers, um, because that has been the biggest problem. Because if they can't get T.Y. going, I think that's a big concern for me. Um, Phillip Rivers was brought in. This is the thing. Phillip Rivers, even last year, I've made this argument many times, even last year with Keenan Allen, he was able to support it all. He supported Keenan. He supported uh, uh, the tight end. He supported the running backs. This is what he does well. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite shocked that he hasn't been able to find that chemistry with T.Y. just yet. I am looking for that to be a big one. I'm sitting T.Y. this week, even though the matchup is great. I can't trust it. I mean, even if T.Y. goes uh, for 150 and two touchdowns, I'm still okay with sitting him because of the fact that I would rather uh, uh, see that happen than see another goose egg on my stat sheet um, because uh, Rivers just can't get the connection going and he keeps dumping to his running backs. Um, I, I just can't do it this week. Moelle Cox, he looked good last week. He, he should be involved again. Um, and then again, with the run game, and, and I think Naheem Hines gets back in the mix to have a big day as well. Jets fans, I am sorry. 11-point spread. They should cover that with ease. Carolina and the L.A. Chargers are the next one I have on my board. Hallelujah, fans. Hallelujah, L.A. Charger fans. I have been saying this for months, for months. Tyrod Taylor is not the quarterback for this team. Go back and listen to the shows. Go back and read all my work. I have documented this on more than one occasion and I feel for you, Tyrod Taylor, like I said on the last episode, I respect you, man. I think you're a great guy. 
I just can't support you as a quarterback anymore. And I feel for you the way it went down because your own trainer, friendly fire, punctures your lung before game time because your ribs had problems, and now you're going to lose your job to this rookie Justin Herbert. This is the right move. Let's make that clear. I mean, injury aside, whatever, um, you know, puncturing his lung, that's, a, that's, a, that's an a-hole move on his, on his trainer's part, no question. Um, but Justin Herbert is the right man for this job. Look at how this offense was able to move against the Super defending Super Bowl champions. Look at what they were able to do. Herbert is a very talented quarterback. The reason that he didn't start is because there was no training camp in, in preseason. If there would have been, there, uh, Coach Anthony Lynn is smart enough to understand that there is no way he could have played Tyrod Taylor ahead of this guy. No way in hell. Okay, the reason why Herbert sat is because in Oregon, he didn't take a snap under center his entire college career. It was always in shotgun. So this was a concern. Can he do the play action pass? Can he uh, take snaps from under center? Will he be able to fade back, turn his head and and look and uh, uh dissect a defense will he be able to recognize that quickly because when you're in shotgun you can see everything so it's easier to read a defense but when you're faking a handoff doing play action and you turn back around and the defense is now in your face and you don't understand where the coverages are yeah that's damn tough I understand that for a young quarterback that would be very difficult to overcome but Herbert is that intelligent Herbert is that talented, okay? If he doesn't feel comfortable, he's taken off. We saw it on the touchdown run he made. He is athletic. He can do literally everything you want this offense to do. He can feed the over-the-middle pass. Tyrod can't. He can feed the outside pass. Tyrod can't. He, okay, the deep ball we didn't really see, but, I mean, this was his first game. He made mistakes. Okay, he, he had no first-team prep this uh, last week. He was given the reins to start the game five minutes before the game started. What did you expect? And he still almost pulled off the victory against the former Super Bowl champions. So for me, I'm over the moon. I'm playing Eckler. I'm, I'm smiling with Eckler. I'm playing him against his Panthers defense. I'm playing Joshua Kelly. No question about it. 23 carries last week. This is going to be a backfield you are going to love now with Justin Herbert. Eckler is going to get the PPR points. Uh, Josh Kelly is going to get the volume. 23 touches last week. I am loving it. He's going to get the volume. Eckler is back as a fantasy commodity, top commodity. I'm back to being all in. Keenan Allen now becomes fantasy viable. Hunter Henry again becomes fantasy viable. And I think the biggest downgrade goes to Mike Williams because that was Tyrod's game. Tyrod does the deep ball well. Herbert, I still want to see it with more accuracy. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think it's he's more than capable of doing it, but I think he chooses to, to nickel and dime you down the field, and this is how the Chargers are built. Same way Phillip Rivers picked them apart, uh, opposing defenses. This is the same way Herbert's going to play and, and, and watch it come to fruition. As for the Panthers, this was another one. Big blow, CMC. He's gone for two to six. Nothing you can do. High ankle sprain. It's unfortunate. One of the best running backs in the entire NFL. He is done for uh, up to six weeks. I think based on his age, he will be back probably two to three. Kind of like uh, what Saquon did last season. Uh, they thought he was going to be four. He came back in three. Um, I could definitely see that with, uh, with McCaffrey. Also, I'm not overly encouraged with this Panthers team. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I, I've spoken. I'm not a big fan. Um, he's serviceable. He's a decent quarterback. But when you're playing against the top-end competition and this defense, we saw what they did against Patrick Mahomes. Um, they're, they're more than capable. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I didn't think that without Derwin James, I didn't think this Charger defense could do what they did, and they really impressed me a lot. So when you're talking about going up against a new system um, that is trying to find something, I mean, they, they look to have something with Robbie Anderson. That deep ball is there. I mean, and good on you, Teddy. I mean, I didn't think you had the the, the juice to find it all the time, but you do, and, and, that, and that's there. I mean, uh, DJ Moore, he hit a lot of garbage time points to save your fantasy day last week, but he is not being targeted in the red zone. They haven't really been in the red zone, and I think this is going to be another problem for them this week as well. Well, I think the Chargers are going to lock them down, lock them up, and uh, Herbert is going to make believers out of all his naysayers. Detroit and the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, do I feel bad for the Detroit Lion fans at this point. I mean, what can you really say and what is going on in Detroit? What has happened to you? I mean, Matthew Stafford's still throwing the ball. 
your your backfield again. Matt Patricia, you are the problem when it comes to this backfield. You are trying to replicate the Bill Belichick style where you can utilize one back one week, use another one the next week, and so on and so on. Create a formula for your quarterback. Matthew Stafford has been suffering his entire career once Calvin left. Even when Calvin was there, you didn't have an, a, a good run game. I, I, I really struggle to understand. Okay, you bring in Adrian Peterson. I'm okay with it. You, you draft uh, DeAndre Swift. I love it. I, I, I'm a big Swift guy. But then now you're using Carryon Johnson last week. So how can you expect any, any form of gelling to happen for this offense when you're constantly maneuvering this backfield to outcoach yourself, essentially? I think that's exactly what you're doing. You're not fooling anybody. Get, get, some, get some priority in this offense, okay? Do you even have an identity? I don't even know what it is at this point. Are you, can you run the ball? I don't know. Uh, can you throw the ball? Sure, at times, but then you're inaccurate at other times, and then you punt the ball. I mean, this is how there's no identity offensively for um, the Detroit Lions right now, and I think that is your biggest problem. Getting Kenny Galladay back will be the biggest lift of this team or what this team could ever have asked for is how I should say it. I mean, it's a big loss. Kenny Galladay is your top dog. He is on the verge of being elite, no question about it. But now you're facing a team like the Cardinals with a shoddy defense that you have, and the Cardinals have just been on fire. Kyler Murray, I think I said it on another show, he is only 5.8 points behind Russell Wilson for top spot in fantasy football for quarterbacks. 5.8 in his second season. He is almost leading the league in fantasy points. This is impressive. How can you not like this offense at all? DeAndre Hopkins is basically unguardable. He has 22 receptions, 219 yards, and one touchdown. The touchdown productivity we would like to see go up, but Kyler is running them all in. But either way, this offense is so good. It's so balanced. You have Kenyon Drake running very well. I mean, the support pieces in the receiving game as well. Total yards right now, the Cardinals are 6th in the league, passing 11th, rushing 5th. Points, they're 11th. How can you dislike this team? 13th on 3rd down, they're converting. I love this team. This team is amazing. And the defensive side, this is what's even more impressive. 3rd down percentage for defense, number 1 in the NFL. This is the biggest thing biggest takeaway you can have not only for for football in general but for fantasy football this means your defense is giving the offense the opportunity to have more possessions this is great for fantasy football owners of arizona cardinal offensive players okay yes competition okay we can we can argue it but they did go up against the 49ers they made them pay so I'm I'm in, man. I I think this Cardinals team is is one to watch. This is a giant mismatch based on how they've been playing. The Detroit Lions defense will not be able to stack up. If Kenny Galladay, I still haven't heard any word. Um, I think it's gonna come out late or game day. That's how I could see Kenny Galladay coming out. Um, so we'll see. We'll definitely see how that how that pans out. But if he plays, that's a big lift for the offense. We'll definitely help them. If Kenny again sits. Then, then I'm sorry, Detroit fans, it's going to be another long day because Kyler and that defense is going to make you pay, and you're going to have a long day. Tampa Bay facing the Denver Broncos. Next one on the board, and this is again. So um, Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers, they improved a little bit. It wasn't what I wanted to see. No Chris God. When I mentioned it last show, um, I wanted to see a dedication to a plan. Form the plan. I didn't really see it the way I wanted to see it. I mean, Coach Arians has his ways. Um, Brady has looked okay. He's thrown three picks already, so, I mean, that is a problem as well. Drop passes continue to be a problem. Chemistry continues to be a problem. Mike Evans had a big game um, last week, and so did Leonard Fournette. He took off on a big run late. This is what I've been saying. This is what you need to do. Abandon Rojo already, okay? I don't hate Rojo. I think he has skill. Leonard Fournette is your number one back. Feed him the ball, set up everything offensively, and then you're going to see massive success uh, come with it. Gronk. Gronk is the big problem. 
We just heard that Bruce Arians has said that Gronk is being viewed more as a blocker, and I understand why. I mean, Bruce Arians is one of the biggest lying lying coaches in the NFL. He he basically feeds all his BS through the media. So I mean, can we trust it? I mean, this could be the week we see Gronk have three touchdowns because he said he he prefers Gronk as a blocker to pull the wool over the eyes of uh, his opposition. I mean, this is definitely something we could see. But, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I could see why. I mean, the offensive line wasn't great. Gronk is a very good blocker. Um, He's going to be used as a decoy. You have Mike Evans. I haven't seen if Godwin's back yet either. Wouldn't be surprised if he's back. I mean, I I think he passed concussion protocol, so he should be back on the field. But now I want to see the the, uh, Leonard Fournette utilized as the top back in this offense. Help Tom Brady go, and this defense continues to roll. Um, I'm very impressed. As for the Broncos, I mean, what can you say? Just bad luck, sheer bad luck. Injuries have happened and crippled this roster yet again. Cortland Sutton is one of those players that is lost for the entire season to a knee. Um, Philip Lindsay is still on the shelf with that toe, I believe. And then you had uh, Drew Locke, their franchise potential franchise quarterback, go down with a shoulder, and he is out for for some time as well. So now you got Jeff Driscoll going to go uh, going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He looked good against the Steelers last week, but again, this is the uh, uh, the situation where the team just didn't have any tape on who they were facing, and, and that's usually what happens. So now you got Driscoll having some tape and what he does well, and the defense will adjust accordingly, and Tampa should just uh, give him the gears and light him up. I really want to see Jerry Judy play this game. I hope uh, I hope he, he is now the number one guy. Everyone's saying watch out for K.J. Hamler. I don't dislike Hamler, but to me he's more of a gadget guy. He's like Tavon Austin in my opinion. I think this offense goes now through Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, uh, sprinkled with a little Melvin Gordon, and I think you could still be competitive. You, you, you definitely have the guys that you can still lean upon to, to have some level of competition, but I think Tampa Bay in the end on this day will be too much uh, for this Broncos team. The best game of the afternoon slate is going to come in the form of the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. I can't wait for this one. I cannot wait for this one. After what we saw Dallas do, after what we saw Seattle do, I mean, how can you not get excited? Russell Wilson is playing at MVP levels. Again, it's week three. Pump the brakes, Chris. I get it. I get it. Um, but, I mean, he's been playing so damn well. They're they're so uh, balanced and efficient, and the run game is going well. The pass game is going well. Russell's making you miss. The defense is playing fairly well. Jamal Adams is all over the field, changing everything the defense is. I, I like this Seahawks team a lot. I think if they continue to move forward and they get the wins, I think that's how you're going to see the confidence grow, and this team is just going to keep getting better. I don't foresee any situation where Dallas can contain Russell Wilson. I mean, we saw it with New England. New England's defense is no slouch. We saw that. I mean, you still got ballers. You still got Steph Gilmore. You still got players on that defense. Defensive front is underrated. Um, got a lot of good talent rushing the passer. Um, but when you look at this Dallas club, they have problems on defense. They can't stop anybody. Turnovers killed them last week. Um, this was a major issue. This is why they had to climb back the way they did, um, beating the Falcons the way they did. So, I mean, I, I think this game is going to be another shootout. Get ready. Um, Sunday, uh, late Sunday is the later contest. It's going to be great. It's going to be a massive shootout. Uh, I think, again, if, you're, if you have Dallas players, you're playing them. You're playing CD Lamb. I think the, the Lamb effect has taken effect. Um, when you watch last game and you see what happened, you have the coverage being uh, uh, dictated toward Cooper, toward Michael Gallup. Because if you let off and you pull into uh, CD Lamb, then now you got a problem with Gallup and Cooper. This is a good problem to have for the Dallas Cowboys. Now you add this tight end, Dalton Schultz. He is the forgotten man. He will be open every single play. That's why his stat sheet was so large last week. I like him a lot as well. I'm playing him. He's going to be a boomer bust prospect because of one big week. We need to see uh, more, obviously. But I'm willing to take the chance this week uh, in in a game that could be very high scoring. We could see, again, 32, 35, uh, 40, uh, 45, 42. We could see that easily this week, and and the points are just going to roll in. Um, I I, I think this is going to be a fabulous game. 
I am still taking the Seahawks to win this game, but I am not taking them to cover the five-point spread. I think Dallas has way too much firepower on this offense, and they will keep up score for score when given the opportunity. Sunday night football, we have the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. So I was excited about this game before, but now I'm a little bit skittish only because of what the Saints did on Monday night. I was not impressed. I mean, uh, my guest last week, EJ, he uh, he called the upset. He said the the Vegas Raiders were going to upset the, the Saints, and it, it came through. I, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought when it came to covering the spread, yeah, that might not happen. But, but, a, but a loss on Monday night to the Raiders? Shocking. Shocking. I mean, okay, we get it. Michael, Michael Thomas, he's still out. He's not going to play this week. So they leaned on uh, Alvin Kamara. They did that very well. And you can't put it all on Drew Brees. I was I was very critical on Drew on on social media on Twitter during that contest. I was tweeting out uh, my displeasure for how he was playing, but he had a lot of drop passes. He had uh, Emmanuel Sanders playing like he was playing for the other team. Emmanuel didn't even know what the hell was going on at times. Um, he just completely looked uh, like he was out of sync. He wasn't even there. Traquan Smith was the only wide receiver, basically, that came to play. And then you had Jared Cook, who who was filling in admirably, but he was taking on heavy coverage as well. So, I mean, this is going to be the same type of game plan I think that you're going to see. I think Traquan gets a big one. I think if Manuel Sanders has a good week in practice, him and Drew Brees can get on the same page. I think he could have a decent day because um, they desperately need something else. They desperately need uh, Sanders to step up. They need that secondary option. As for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, what what bad can you say right now? They're 2-0. They're flying high. Aaron Rodgers is back, 604 yards, six uh, touchdowns, zero interceptions. Aaron Jones is being uh, used beautifully in this offense. Only 34 carries. He's got 234 yards, 6.88 yards per carry. Absolutely phenomenal. And then the biggest problem is Devontae Adams will not be playing in this game. I heard I heard he's doubtful. So here's the problem. I mean, you don't have Michael Thomas. You don't have Devontae Adams. So now both your receiving cores look suspect. I mean, you do have MVS, uh, Valdez Scantling. You do have Alan Lazard on the Green Bay side. But they're known to drop passes. MVS has dropped a, a lot of balls in his time. And, and Aaron Rodgers goes another direction once that happens. But he won't have a choice. He will have to continue to feed MVS. I think Alan Lazard has a big day fantasy-wise um, because he is a secondary option. I think he has a very big day. I li- I still like this Packers defense. I think they're very sound, very good on the secondary. Um, loaded with talent. Jari Alexander is one of my favorite defensive backs right now in the NFL. He's got skill for days. I, I-, I absolutely love his game. Um, but for the Saints, I mean, there's some concern on the defensive side. You, you didn't look good against the Raiders on Monday. I want to see a definite bounce back, a huge bounce back contest. Otherwise, Aaron Rodgers is going to make you pay. They're going to utilize Aaron Jones again on the ground. I, I think they have to do the same type of formula the Saints do. they got to use Alvin Kamara a lot. They need to put him in the pass game. If it's not working to Sanders and, and Traquan is catching a few, then you've got to feed Kamara in that in that uh, pass game. I, I would fully expect 10, 10 catches um, to come his way if if the pass game isn't going and Drew Brees continues to look uh, to look frustrated. You, you need to generate offense somehow, and I think that's how you do it. So it's going to be a good game. I'm excited to see it. I, I'm just uh, tempering my expectations uh, simply because Drew Brees just hasn't been playing his best football early and uh, uh, knowing knowing him as the player I think uh, this will be a game going up against Rodgers that'll that'll light his fire but I will not be surprised to see the Green Bay Packers pull this one out and win the game after Sunday's done the NFL decided schedule makers decided let's treat the fans to something special are you ready for this Monday Night Football the Kansas City Chiefs the Baltimore Ravens Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Are you serious? Monday Night Football primetime. Week three. I can't wait. This is going to be a show and a half, man. The two next faces of the NFL in Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes duking it out for supremacy. Super Bowl, former Super Bowl champion going up against the league MVP last year. I'm 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 ecstatic. I can't wait for this showing. 
Baltimore has shown me everything that I expected them to be, uh, minus the usage on the ground. Uh, they're actually a little bit more pass-happy than I had, had it predicted. I mean, 596 carries last season hasn't really come to fruition just yet. I could see in this contest more usage from Mark Ingram. He only has 19 carries for 84 yards. I mean, that's a, that's a far cry from what he was doing last season. So I really am curious to see how it's going to work. Both teams are built very strong, very similarly. The edge definitely goes to Baltimore's defense. Um, and if they take a page out of the Chargers playbook from last week, I mean, you can see what you can do when you're locking down um, the speed on this team, when you're locking down the run game. Um, I really, really caution the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire start this week for fantasy simply because he was shut down. And you cannot not expect it. Okay, yes, week one was a revelation because we hadn't seen him play. Teams hadn't seen him play. Now they have film. This is why he was shut down last week. And you didn't see all the, the Clyde uh, love coming on social media that week because they were all quiet. Um, I could definitely see Clyde having a decent day in the pass game, but I really wonder if he's going to be able to run the ball very well. Um, that's my biggest pain point. I mean, I'm going to put him on my bench only as a cautionary uh, uh, approach. I mean, you drafted him high for a reason, so I understand playing him. And, and he could definitely get you a touchdown. Um, but for my recommendation, based on what I saw last week, I think the tape is out, and, and, and now you're going to see how Baltimore is going to try to attack him. I think they're going to they're gonna corral Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot, and, and if he's going to score a touchdown, I could see it be in, in the pass game. He gets a quick out, and he breaks a tackle maybe from the 10-yard line, and he scampers in. That's how I see him saving his fantasy day, and I'm not willing to take that chance. But when it comes to the Ravens, uh, their offense just looks good. I mean, Hollywood Brown, I was a naysayer. Not, not, not a naysayer per se, but I wasn't giving him the credit he deserved. Hollywood Brown looks like a stud to me on that field. He just he, he does everything well. He's open. He catches the ball. His routes are crisp. I mean, you can't say negatives about him either. Um, this game's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be either one of those games where it's just going to be a light out or a super shootout, or it's going to be very tight. Um, there's no in-between, I don't think, in this contest. I think it's going to be either very tight or it's going to just be a massive shootout and we're going to have a show. And I'm hoping we get the show because Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football, I'm cracking beer and I'm getting popcorn and I'm getting ready for that contest. I think it's going to be magnificent. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's week three coming up. Um, should be good. I mean, hopefully you hit the waiver. Uh, all the articles are on the website. So, I mean, definitely check those out weekly. We are here to support your fantasy team as well to not only give you the input on the NFL week to week, um, but I'm excited. Week three is coming. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good one. Uh, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, we uh, truly appreciate you all the time. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.